we are live. We'd like to say good morning to our um, church family, those that are present. We'd like to say good morning to our online community. We pray that you have had a, a, a prosperous and a healthy week. We pray that um, God has ruled and super ruled within your life and made the provisions that you needed uh, for this week. And we are so thankful and grateful to be able to once again to bring forth the word. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, to Dr. Manley that uh, what's happening now is it's almost like a new norm. So we're, we're trusting, believing God that sooner or later this is going to be over. Well, I mean, most churches are doing virtual now and very few are open. So but we, have, we know that the word has to go forth and somebody has to bring the word. Amen. So we're, we're excited and we're thankful uh, that the Lord uh, allowed us to have that, that the process of media so we will be able to bring forth the word as, as before because many people are not able to, to receive the word. And so we're trusting and we're believing God that when it's over with and said and done, we will be uh, the better. <laughs> we will be the better and we will be better saints. Amen. Uh, we will be more closer to the Lord and we will be more obedient and uh, <clears throat> we will be to a place where we will be on our face forever before him. But at this time, we're going to go ahead and bring forth the word. We're just going to pray that Dr. Manley receives the strength that he needs. He said uh, this um, past few days, he said he had a word. So I never interrupt anybody when they said they have a word from the Lord. So we're going to go ahead and allow him to do just that. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we come before you as humbly as we know how. Father, asking you for strength, your mercy, and your grace to continue in our lives. And Father, we bless you this morning for allowing us to get up. And Father, to come to the house of the Lord to serve you. And Father, to hear the word from heaven. So Lord, at this time, Lord, I want to decrease while you increase. And, Father, we just thank you for all the many souls that are striving after you, Father, regardless of the situation that it is in the nation and in the world and in our homes and within ourselves. Father, we just ask, Lord, you would just continue to bless us because you said in your word that you will never leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. I certainly want to thank the Lord for being here this morning now. I want to piggyback off of a word. Uh, and I, God changed the word last night. And uh, while I was laying in bed, uh, he started talking to me. And so I guess I better go with what he says instead of what I thought that he would have. I want us to understand that the title of this message today is Launch into the Deep. Launch into the Deep. And we are so used to being at a time in our life where we get to a certain state within ourselves, a certain status, and then we don't tend to strive to go deeper from that point. And God is challenging us today to launch into the deep. There are two things that God will will do. 
God will request something from us. And then God will give us information or guidelines on that situation. I want to talk to you today about two people and how God used them to deal with the request and to deal with the instructions that God gives after the request. Now, in order for this to work for us, we've got to understand that when God requests something of us, he expects us to immediately move upon it. I want to talk to you about Elijah. Elijah visited this widow. And this widow, she had a son. And they didn't have but a little bit of flour and a little bit of crude oil left. And in her mind, she was going to prepare that last meal and then they would die. That was in her mindset. Elijah comes along and Elijah makes a request. Elijah being the salvation of God, I believe. Elijah comes along and he makes a request. He said, make a little cake for me first. Now this woman, she didn't hesitate at this request. Now here's a person in a dilemma. And that dilemma is the fact that they were out of food. They were on their what we call last leg. I recall the time that we were doing ministry in North Carolina, giving out food, and people were in dire need, and this brick home, it looked like it was all well and everything was going okay in it. But they were on their last bit of deer meat to eat. No one would have known that, but God knew it. And God sent us there to feed that community. And in the feeding of that community, we were able to give this lady what God knew she needed, but we didn't know. We followed the request of God. Elijah, he requested that this woman make a little cake for him first. She was on her last leg. But she obeyed the request. And because she obeyed the request, then afterwards came the instructions. And the instructions said, now you go and you get as many empty jars as you can. Because as long as you bring these jars, this oil is not going to stop. That's an amazing thing. You see, after the request came the instructions. After we obey the request, then God will give us the instructions that will open up the windows of heaven for us. And it will pour us out what we call a blessing that we cannot contain. I was listening yesterday and 
about praying to the east. It's a good thing to do that. But if you're not in line with God, then it doesn't matter which direction you pray from. Because this is what God's word says. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Four things here. Then he said, then I will forgive them of their sins, and then I will heal the land, and then will I attend here from heaven, because heaven got a whole lot of prayers locked up in it that God hasn't heard. And then he goes on and he says, and then will I attend to these prayers that are made in this place. So as we get in position, the east being within, as we look within to serve God, we must be in the position in order to hear the instructions that God would have us to hear. Are y'all with me on this? Does it make sense? Because after all, if the oil is flowing and you're not in the right position, then the overflow is not going to spill into your cup. Correct? It's got to be lined up, right? So we can do all these things that are external and still miss God. It's called religion. Religion tells us the do's and the don'ts. But salvation tells us, just trust me. Trust me. Abraham had a request made to him. The request was to leave the country and the home that he was in. Amen? Amen. Leave everything. That was a request. And when Abraham did what God had requested of him to do, then God gave him also instruction, Abraham, about a year from now, this was when he was on the plains of memory, although it took about 25 years for this whole thing to come to pass. But eventually God came to Abraham and he said, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. Abraham was something like close to 100 years old, if not 100. Sarah was about 90. They were past due. But because Abraham obeyed the request, Abraham believed God, and the Bible says that it was imputed unto him as unto righteousness because he hoped against all hope. Amen? So here we are again. He says that the instructions he Abraham obeys the request. Then the instructions of God came. He said, look, Abraham, he said, look up there at them stars you've been worshiping because Abraham was a star worshiper. He says that your seed will be more than your ability to count all them stars. And he said, about the sands of the sea, your seed will be more than the sands of the sea. He obeyed the request. He received the instructions, and when you receive the instructions, you're about to receive your greatest advantage from God. Let's take it on to the New Testament. Not going to be with you long. Here it is, Peter, 
And I'm piggybacking now. Here it is, Peter. Peter had been fishing all night long. All night. Hadn't caught anything. His crew had not caught anything. And then here God comes. He's cleaning his net. And he's ready to go home. You know from a hard day's work. You've been in a hard day's work. When you're ready to go home, you're ready to be done with it because you've been frustrated and you're out of it and you're not feeling good about the situation, you know. And then God comes along to Peter. And matter of fact, Peter had cleaned his boat and everything. And then God comes along. And what God does is God makes a request to Peter. He says, Peter, let me use your boat. Wait a minute. Now, you think about this. You're tired. You're frustrated. You haven't caught anything. For the last 10 months, I've been fishing. Ain't caught nothing. Going through. Ain't caught nothing. So I'm cleaning my net. Think about it in your life. You're tired. The more you work, the further you get behind. Everything tearing up on you. Cars tearing up. Air conditioners and heaters tearing up. The things keep keep tearing up, tearing up, tearing up, tearing up, and tearing up. But God says, look, don't worry about that because whatever it is that you're going through, God says, I want to use that for your platform. I'm piggybacking. I'm piggybacking. But I'm doing it the way God spoke to me. Because I said, well, God, I don't, I don't really like piggyback. And he said, but it ain't about you and what you like. It's about what I need for you to speak to your people. So I'm doing, at his request, I'm using my boat, my sickness, to relay a message to allow God to use me for a platform and my sickness for a platform to get his word out. Amen. Amen. Now, so here's Peter. And Peter ready to go home. He's tired. <coughs> He's frustrated. He's worked all night. Ain't nothing going on. And Jesus requests, makes a request. Let me use your boat. Because I need it for a platform. Our jobs, our ministries, our children, our money, our anointing, our gifts, all of that, our sicknesses, our joys, all of that is a platform for God to use for us. Everything that we have is a platform. Our talents. Our musical talent. It's a platform for God to use. It's not there for us to, per se, make money like they prostituted the church. But it's a platform for us to use or allow God to use so that something greater can happen. Okay? So in the obedience of the request, 
When Jesus asked Peter, he said, let me use your boat. Remember, Peter tired, done worked all night long, ain't caught nothing. He's frustrated, he's going through. But Peter said, go ahead. When God said, let me use your boat, now, your sickness as a platform, let me use it. So be it. When God said, let me use your money for a platform. When God said, let me use your talent for a platform. See, I I, want to use it for a platform so that I can get some work done. And then Peter obeyed God. And Peter turned around. And God came back afterwards. And then he gave him what we call instruction. He says, now, what I need for you to do now is launch out into the deep. And I need for you to cast your net on the right side. See, a lot of times we, we haven't been going deep enough in ourselves to get to the next level where the true blessings of God is for us in this season. Amen. Are y'all with me? So, Peter didn't, still tired, still wanting to go home, but Peter never did challenge God by saying, man, I'm tired, I'm ready to go home, I don't let you use my boat. You know how we are. We've done enough. It's time to go. Ain't nothing happening. But what did Peter do? He obeyed the instructions. He obeyed the request. Now you got to obey the instructions. A lot of times we don't do that either. We don't. So what Peter does is Peter takes, he launches out into a deep, into the deep. He goes into a place where he hadn't fished before. See, that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to go into a place within ourselves where we haven't fished before. Because sometimes the fish got a way of hiding itself. The fish got a way of moving around and going to a deeper level to find another place of oxygen. And that's where it will be. But if you're not used to to, to going to that depth, you'll miss what's there. You'll miss the truth and the blessings that God has for us. Amen. So Peter takes, and he goes, and he goes out, he launches into the deep, he obeys the instructions. Obedience is better than sacrifice. The Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, I will give you to eat of the good of the land. Amen? That's what God's word says. So we're looking at obedience in the request. We're looking at also obedience in the instructions that God has given us. Amen? We have to be obedient on both ends, right? In order for when we do look to the east within, that we can look a little deeper, that we can look a little further and find what it is that we're looking for. Amen? How many of y'all know that obedience and willingness with God lines us up? For God to hear us. 
said, if you be willing and obedient. So God can make a request. God has made many requests to all of us and we've disobeyed it. And lost the instructions. Never received instructions because, you see, if, if we don't obey the request, then there's no need to think that you're going to get the instructions. When Moses was given the request to go back to Egypt, place where he was running from, God used his situation as being on the run as a platform. Then, he, it's all through the Bible. God always uses a request. And then he comes and gives us information. He says, now, when you go back to Egypt, then he gives him the instructions. This is what I want you to do. I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Didn't say nothing about it, it was going to be easy. Ain't nothing easier about fishing. Because sometimes you got to be out there a long time and it takes patience and it takes work and you get tired. But you just keep on trolling because you see, that's your profession. Our profession is to seek a deeper level in God, right or wrong. So as we seek for a deeper level in God, we have to obey each area that we go in God. There's an obedience call. There's a request. There's always an information, a guide that's going to get us to where we need to be. So what Peter does is, Peter does what God tells him to do. He takes and he launches out into the deep. And then after that, Places his net on the right side and catches a troll of fish. So many fish that the net began to break. How many of you know that God can bless us? Sometimes God can bless us so enormously that it confuses our mind. And we don't know. Sometimes you can have so many options from God that you don't know which option to take. That's why we have to be careful about what we ask from God because the thing about it is God just might release that thing on you. But one thing I know about God and one thing I know about blessings and all of this stuff, this stuff comes to where much is given, much is required. Luke twelve forty eight. This stuff that we're seeking from God, this stuff that we're seeking from life comes with a price. It comes with a requirement. And the more we receive, the more is required of us to do what's good with it, to do what's right with it. See, we got to get beyond ourselves. That's what's wrong with the nation now. The nation can't get, people can't get beyond themselves. And in order to get beyond ourselves, we're going to have to launch out into the deep. In order to get into a different place with God, we're going to have to go further within ourselves in this time than what we normally do. Because what we normally do, we normally get to that place of complacency, that place of being comfortable, and then we stop. But I heard Brenda say the other week, don't quit in the 11th hour. 
Yeah, you've been sick. Yeah, you've been down and out. Yeah, things ain't been working right for you. But don't quit. Don't quit in the 11th hour. You, you, you got to keep on going. Because your salvation, I'm going to say this, your salvation is not in another man or another woman or your job or your gift. That's not where your salvation is. Your salvation is in God. That's where your salvation is because all this other stuff is going to cease. Did you hear me? Husbands and wives are going to cease one day. Now what? Now what? We're going to, see, see, God is going to challenge all of us. That's what we're being done now. We're being challenged by him in every way. And the rain just pouring. The rain just pouring. The rain just pouring. You know what I'm saying? But it's not to kill you. It's to make you better. It's to make us come back to him. You see, because we've gone astray. We've all gone astray. There are none that are righteous, no, not one. We've all gone astray. We've all sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. And you know who the greatest sinner is? The fool that think that they haven't sinned. That's a self-righteous idiot. And we got a church house that's filled with foolish religious folk who think they got it going on with God and don't have nothing. Don't have nothing. And you can't tell them that they don't know God. No more than you could tell Saul when he was running around hurting the Christian, when he was running around persecuting the Christian. He thought he was right until God had to blind him of himself. So you got to be, in order to go deeper in yourself, you got to be blinded of yourself because yourself will hold you back. Yourself will keep you from going deeper in the Word of God. That's what yourself will do. Yourself will have you thinking that God is about the more things that you can get in this world. That's not what God is about. God got all that. He owns cattle on a thousand hills and more. Sometimes I look at these discovery channels on the universe. And I can't even fathom what kind of God we serve. I can't even fathom it. Just holding all this. I just can't. David say this, this knowledge is too high for me. So over my years, I once was young, but now I'm old, as David would say. But this one thing I know, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Never. I don't understand. And the more that I receive from God, the less that I learn that I know. Of God. The more you know. Should humble you. Because it should show you. How much you don't know. About him. Amen. 
So we hear, and Peter, he pulls in all of these fish, net about the break. But suppose he would have went on home, threw in the towel. Suppose he'd have said no to Jesus using his boat for a platform. We allow God to use his platform, us. And then he comes with instructions to us. So that he can open up the windows of heaven. So we did the first part. We're here. We did what we were supposed to do to get to the point of instructions. But now we got to be obedient in the second part too. It's the hard part. <laughs> this is where it get hard at, you know. Because now self want to tell you. They want to do it its way. But you got to tell self, shut up. Because you're used to getting to that level, and what happens is, is that when we get to that level, and self starts talking to us, we forget about God instructions. Now we got a bullet, but we don't have a gun. No good. Now we got a gun, but we don't have no bullet. No good. So you got to have them both. And then you got to be willing to pull the trigger in order for that thing to be effective. Amen. Well, most of us, we aren't at that place yet where we're willing to pull the trigger on the devil. But we got to pull the trigger on him. We got to shoot him right in the head. Because he's the one that's keeping us from going deeper. He's using self. He's using the idol called self to keep us away from God. The idol called self will keep us from knowing God, from receiving the greater blessings of God, all of this. See, it's never been about ritual. It's always been about God's grace. And faith, let me tell you something, people. Faith, it don't make no difference about your external worship because God is a spirit. He's not interested in that. We can do this every month as a ritual and still be doomed to go to hell. This don't mean nothing unless this is in order. <laughs> and as much as you do this, uh-huh, you do it in remembrance of me and what I did for you. Amen? Don't make this a ritual. Don't make getting on your knees thinking that's the only way you got to pray because the Bible says watch and pray. Uh huh. The Bible said that a man ought to pray all the time and faint not. Hey man, if you stay on your knees all the time, you ain't gonna never get nothing done. Hey man, 
So we're going to have to learn how to walk and pray as we watch and pray. Amen? Are y'all with following the true word of God? All of this is about the spirit. And then when you add all of these what we call Eucharists, the baptisms, the communions, the Eucharists is what we call them, the Eucharist. When you do, when you lined up, then these things can be significant. But until we line up, they're just external worship. Jesus put it like this when he was talking to the Pharisees. Your cups are clean on the outside. Yeah, you do all the do's and the don'ts. But you filthy on the inside. Now God ain't looking at how we look on the outside. God looking at how we looking on the inside. So we're going to have to go deep of church within ourselves. And we're going to have to begin to see the whole picture. You see, because, you know, a lot of times I get revelations and they sound good. But then I have to, here's where knowing the Bible comes in there. Then I have to look at the whole perimeter of it to see if that thing line up all the way. See, a lot of times we'll throw something out, but we ain't looked at the whole aspect. It's called peripheral vision. Yeah, you got a vertical vision, but you got to have a peripheral vision too, you know. Because this here is going to have to line up. That's why he's stretched out. Vertical and horizontal. That's why he's stretched out. Because this got to line up with that and that got to line up with this. This is God. This is man. Man got to line up with God. Amen? So Peter, he takes and he obeys. And great things happen. The widow obeyed and great things happen. Moses obeyed the request and great things happen. On and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then Jesus says in the New Testament, he says, I say a truth to you, that some of you here will not see death or will not taste death until you see the kingdom of God. That scripture has stomped and ran scholars Crazy throughout the centuries. Why? Because they were seeing it in what we call a religious term. You learned a lot about religion in that school. And when you first started, remember me and Brenda sat you down and we talked to you about it and gave you the things that you need to watch for. And you watch for them and you say, okay. And you come back and you report to us and you tell us. Yeah, this this ain't it ain't even lining up. 
They'll have you doing cartwheels. And that stuff don't even be lining up and ain't no salvation in it at all. None whatsoever. Because they really aren't teaching you anything about the depthness of the word, which they should be doing if it's a Bible college. But they're teaching you everything else except what they need to be teaching. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're trying to radicalize you the way they want you to think. But the best degree that you can get is to sit down with God and let God teach you. And then you'll begin, the scales will begin to come off your eyes like Paul. After three days, he was able to cease in a different light. And then he received the instructions. And once he received the instruction, then he wrote, what, 13 books of the New Testament? That wouldn't have been written. Evangelized the then known world at that time. All because he obeyed. He followed the instructions. He heard the request. He followed the instructions. Same thing with Jesus. It was requested of Jesus from God the Father to die. Jesus could have said no. But because he obeyed the Father's request, now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all glory and honor. Y'all don't hear me? Request, instructions. Obey the request, then you got to obey the instructions. Self got to sit down. Self got to be removed so that we can go deeper. Going deeper is a greater challenge. But it's a worthwhile challenge because we don't want to walk through this life and then walk away from God at the end. Because surely the end will come. And we definitely want to be in the right position. So don't get too attached to your jobs. Thank God. But don't get too attached to that because that can't save you. Or your money. Or your material things. Or your husbands. Or your boyfriends. Or your girlfriend. Or your wife. Don't get too attached to none of that stuff. Because can't none of that save you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is. But we got to get close to God. We got to allow God to be our everything. And the only way that we can do that. Is that we're going to have to launch out a little deeper. And we're going to have to be willing to allow God to use us and whatever condition and whatever situation that we're in. We're going to have to allow God 
to use that for his platform. Amen? And once we allow God to do that, then I promise you, God will bring forth the instructions. And in those instructions, if we obey them, God will pour us out a blessing that we will not be able to contain. Now, please don't look at these blessings as all-time money and stuff like that. We got to get beyond that. Our minds are bigger than a dollar bill or a pair of Nikes or a new car or a new house. That's small time. There are more important things. And we can't see the more important things unless we launch out into the deep. It can't be a casual walk anymore. Because after all, all of us have tried that and it doesn't work. It makes us miserable. Because it doesn't work. It's like going up the hill and a rock hits you on the head and knock you back down. And you go. It's like an ant building a house in the middle of the road with traffic. It's 24-7. That ain't going to work. Change position. Change position. We got an anthill back here that's probably that high. If it would have started out there, it wouldn't have last, would it? But it's on the backside. See, it's on the backside where you meet God. Moses met him on the backside. David made him on the backside, tending sheep. <laughs> the backside. Everybody want to be on front street, but we meet God on the backside. Amen? And we meet God in the midst of while we're working, not while we're sitting down. Amen? Give God some praise.